Hi there! Welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host Jen Kim, and today we'll talk about what emotional intelligence actually is and how we can use it to live a happier, more content life. Let's get started! You might have heard the term emotional intelligence, or EQ, being thrown around by people either lamenting that some people lack it, or complimenting how well-adjusted you are. So what is emotional intelligence? Is it when someone knows a lot about emotions? Does it only come with academic intelligence? How can you, quote-unquote, study up to be more emotionally intelligent? Now this is a big topic with many different facets, so we're going to take it one step at a time. First, as usual, let's try to introduce the concept to you as if you were a five-year-old. When was the last time you felt a really strong feeling? Was it when you were super angry because Bobby pulled your hair, so you took revenge by biting his hand? Was it when you felt really scared because mummy and daddy were yelling at each other and saying really mean things? Or maybe it was when you were very confused at why your friend Sally was crying non-stop when she lost her hat. Now, why did you feel these feelings? Maybe you felt scared because you were worried that your parents will break up and then you'll be all alone. But don't worry, your parents still love each other. They're also worried and scared about other things like money and future, because they're people, just like you. Why did you bite Bobby? Do you think you would have bit him if you didn't feel so angry? How do you think Bobby felt when you bit him? Do you think feeling angry made you lose control of yourself? Lastly, why do you think Sally was so upset? Maybe the hat was really special to her because it was the last gift she received from her grandma. Have you ever felt upset like that because you lost something special? What could you do to help Sally feel less sad? Now, all of these are very, very hard questions, so don't worry if all you can say is, I don't know. That's why you listen to this podcast. Let's take a short break and explain it all to you in more detail, when you're an adult again. Welcome back. Alright, so that explanation is definitely inadequate in teaching you what emotional intelligence is. Because, let's face it, emotional intelligence isn't something you can teach to a five-year-old in one day. I mean, it's probably impossible to teach an adult in one day, even. It's a lesson we learn throughout our lives and continuously work to cultivate, much like our values, our identity, and how we love. But hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll be able to figure out what I'm trying to allude to with all of these questions. To start with, let's define what the hell emotional intelligence actually is, because I feel like I've been teasing it enough. Emotional intelligence can be summarized as being able to recognize, analyze, and processing your own emotions, as well as other people's emotions. Essentially, it's an awareness and understanding of the power that emotions have over human beings, which lets you understand why people act the way they do, and teach you how to improve the quality of your happiness and connections. You might know people around you who you might describe as in tune with their emotions, or well-adjusted. These are the kind of people who are probably quite emotionally intelligent, if that gives you a bit of a clue. But before we delve into the deep world of emotional intelligence, first we need to learn about emotions. We have evolved to have pretty cool, complex, intricate brains with advanced rational thinking. But under the hood, We're emotional beings often controlled by our impulses and how we feel. The monkey brain, if you will. Psychologist Jonathan Haidt described the relationship between our rational and emotional minds as a person riding an elephant. 
We can guide the elephant with reins, but if the elephant really wants to go another way, because it sees some chow, or because it sees another hot, sexy elephant across the river, then we really can't overpower the elephant. Fighting the elephant might mean you get thrown off, or you're trampled to death. Emotions are like elephants. They're natural. They're powerful. If we fight against them, we'll often lose and be harmed in the process. Instead, we have to learn how to tame and befriend it. We commonly react to strong feelings immediately. When we feel angry, we shout, we throw tantrums. When we feel excited, we become more impulsive. When we feel vulnerable, we might retreat into ourselves or seek immediate comfort, such as a nice tub of ice cream. This is the same as letting the elephant run rampant. It's not the most emotionally intelligent response, but it's our default state. You can probably think of many examples from your own life. I know I can. Emotional intelligence is knowing that you're riding an elephant and knowing that you can influence it. As powerful as emotions may be, we still have tricks up our sleeves to control it to some degree. The way emotions arise is as follows. We're faced with a stimulus. We think about the stimulus. We respond to the thought with a feeling, and then we act. For example, a car suddenly pulls out in front of you without indicating. You think that was pretty rude and dangerous. And that thought makes you feel really angry, so you start shouting and swearing and let the road rage flow through you. Like we just talked about, often the thinking part is very short, so we feel like we're reacting immediately with feeling. But what if instead of being reactive, we want to be proactive? Now, we know the chain of events, so we can take a step back and focus on the thinking part. This is the rider on top of the elephant. The rider knows that the elephant is going to be mad, resulting in a rampage. But the rider can do things. They can pull the elephant towards a different path so they don't see the stimulus that might scare them. They can keep it well fed so they're less irritable. And they can soothe and reassure it so it doesn't freak out when it does see a stimulus. We can't control how we feel, but we can control how we think. And through that, we can affect how strongly we feel about something and how easily we can process it so that we're not consumed by our emotions. Let's go back to our example of road rage to help explain this concept a bit better. Before we have the chance to feel angry at this idiot who can't indicate, we can choose to think differently. Perhaps they're in a rush and just forgot to indicate. Or maybe they're a new driver. We've all made that mistake before, right? Maybe you know you're going to overreact because you're cranky and pissed off about something from earlier in the day. You realize you're starting to feel annoyed, so you can consciously take five deep breaths to take your mind off things and respond in a calmer way. There you go. By being proactive instead of being reactive to your emotions, by steering your proverbial elephant the right way, you've avoided yelling at some poor stranger and ruining your day with a bad mood. This is the power of emotional intelligence. Now, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about how we can train ourselves to be more emotionally intelligent. Welcome back. So, hopefully this example gives you some insight into how emotional intelligence works, and more importantly, how dang useful it can be in life. So, how can we learn emotional intelligence? How can we learn to be proactive, not reactive? Is there some school of life that we can attend to be more emotionally intelligent? Well, like with any kind of intelligence, such as academic or social intelligence, emotional intelligence is built up over a long period of time, with a lot of effort and through mistakes and experiences. 
But then again, it's so worth it because it impacts every part of your life. So, we're going to attempt to explain to you some ways you can be more and more emotionally intelligent. First, let's summarize what we know about emotions and emotional intelligence so far. When something happens, we first think about it. Then that thought makes us react with an emotion. Emotions are natural and powerful, and can overwhelm us easily, making us act impulsively and brashly. Emotional intelligence is all about recognizing all of that, and that you're starting to feel an emotion using mindfulness and empathy, so that you can power up your rational thinking mind to change how you think about the stimulus, which in turn can change the way you feel about it as well. This empowers us to be less reactive and more proactive, so that we can harness the power of our emotions instead of being controlled by them. Therefore, to train emotional intelligence, we need to learn how to read our emotions, how to change our thinking, and process our emotions. If you're groaning already that this sounds like way too much work, don't worry, we'll take it nice and slowly, step by step. Just follow me. Okay, so let's start with how to read our emotions. We've already begun our training simply by knowing about emotions, and how they're like elephants. You can't see what you don't know about, right? Now the best way to be aware of our emotions is through mindfulness. Now this is a massive topic that probably needs its own episode of Explain This to Teach, but the fundamental concepts of mindfulness is basically being in a state of mind where you're being attentive to the present. This involves everything you sense, like what you see, what you hear, and what you taste, but also what you feel, which is the important part here. It means that instead of focusing on what's for dinner, or that deadline you're worried about, or some regret from the past, instead, you're putting the current you under the lens and describing everything about the present that you can. What emotion are you feeling right now? Why are you feeling it? How do you think that emotion will influence how you act right now? That's mindfulness. And we can train the state of mind through meditation. We already know through science just how powerful meditation can be. Studies after studies have shown immediate benefits to people even after a single session of meditation. After 8 weeks, your brain actually looks different on an MRI because it's functioning differently. There are many types of meditations, and this isn't officially a self-help podcast, so I'm not going to teach you any specific meditation today. Uh, But if you look up simple breathing exercises and mindfulness exercises, such as the 5 senses meditation, you'll be on a healthy start to learning how to be more mindful. Uh, But that will be your own homework, unfortunately. Another thing that helps you be aware of your emotions is having a rich vocabulary. The more accurately you can label your feeling, the better you can understand it. So instead of saying, I'm upset, you could say, I feel frustrated, or I feel embarrassed, or smothered, or hopeless. You could look up an emotion wheel to help answer the question of, how did that make you feel? Once you've identified the emotion, then you can really dissect it rationally, so you can figure out why it came up, or what it was responding to. Let me give you a personal example. The other day I was working in the emergency department when a young patient kept asking why they were having chest pain, even after we carefully explained that it was muscle pain and all of the tests were normal and were not worried about their heart at all. But after a while of back and forth, I noticed I was starting to feel more tense. So I put myself under the microscope and examined my own mental state. Why was I feeling tense? I could tell I was getting frustrated and annoyed, but why was I feeling that? Well, for one, it was 5 o'clock in the morning, and I hadn't eaten since 8 o'clock the last night, and we all know how bad hangriness can be. 
so maybe I should take a break soon and eat something and I'll respond a bit kinder. I felt frustrated because I thought I'd explained everything in detail, but of course my patient isn't a medical professional, so maybe I explained it too technically and I needed to explain it in a different way to help them understand. Hmm, maybe I should write a podcast episode on chest pain so that my patients can listen to it instead of me explaining it over and over. Nah. Well, I also tried to be empathetic. Of course, my patient's going to be scared that they're having a heart attack when their father had just passed away from heart problems only two years ago. And when people are anxious and scared, they want reassurance and validation. So it's normal to be asking questions over and over. I mean, I do that plenty of times too, right? Lastly, I took some deep breaths and that helped me regulate my welling frustration. It also gave me the mental space so that I could utilize my empathy and mindfulness, giving me that short break to apply my emotional intelligence. And that's how emotional intelligence helped me avoid yelling or snapping at my patient at 5 o'clock in the morning. And instead, the patient went home feeling much more reassured and happy that they weren't dying. See? Emotional intelligence helped me avoid being a bad doctor. Alright, let's get back to how to train emotional intelligence. So we've talked about how to be more aware of our emotions and their effects. How can we change our thinking so that we can proactively influence our emotions? Like I said in the example just now, a key to changing our thoughts is to look at it from different perspectives. When we start to feel emotional, it's easy to get tunnel visioned. We become more selfish and goal-oriented, so we can't see what the other person's intentions and emotions are. We become all me, 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 me. And you know what they say, we judge ourselves on our intentions, but others on their actions. And this becomes so much more heightened when we're in an emotional state. So if you take a second and try to be on the other person's uh, point of view, suddenly the situation might not seem as frustrating or unjust. Maybe your waitress forgot your order because they're having a horrible day because their dog died last night. Maybe your boyfriend hasn't replied to your text yet, not because they stopped loving you, but because they're super busy and worried about their project deadline. Maybe it's not that the world is out to get you. It's just that life can be pretty sucky and sometimes... Bad things happen for no reason. The best way to train yourself in thinking this way is by learning. Read lots of books, whether it be memoirs or fictions, where characters from various walks of life go through their own journeys and growth. Watch movies and TV shows that delve into different people's lives. Listen to talks that teach you how wonderfully complex the world is. Have deep, meaningful conversations with people in your life and explore how they see the world while sharing your own perspectives. This all helps us be more empathetic towards other people because we can start approaching the world from different points of view. Once you've started training up your mindfulness and empathy, you'll already find that you respond to situations differently. You start to see the complexities and awkwardness of life with more clarity. You start anticipating how you might feel in response to something, and you'll automatically see problems from multiple viewpoints. All of this just takes practice, practice, and practice. There's really nothing that replaces practice. Now, these skills that make up emotional intelligence, like any other skill, like cycling, playing an instrument, or learning a new language. Again, no substitute for time, effort, and practice. So go out there and practice. Lastly, we come to the topic of how we can process our emotions. This is the final step of emotional intelligence. Because despite all of your best intentions and efforts, we still can't stop ourselves from feeling emotions. You're human, not a robot. 
So the final step of emotional intelligence is recognizing that it's okay to feel things, as long as you've done your due diligence of being mindful and thoughtful. Be kind to yourself. It's okay to grieve and mourn and be jumping in your chair height and burst into laughter when you watch something hilarious. But if you're stuck in an emotion or it's impacting your day-to-day life and how you interact with people, then we also need to know how to bring ourselves out of that emotional state. This might involve re-examining it over and over, pouring your heart out onto a journal just to see what's stuck in there. I call that a thought download or a brain dump. Or you can talk it out with your friends and, of course, going to therapy, which everyone should consider no matter how well they think they are doing or how well-adjusted they are. Meditation can also help you clear your mind and heart, and that can help you get unstuck from a feeling or a moment. Well, there you have it. Whew, that was a long one, huh? Emotional intelligence is certainly a difficult skill to explain, let alone teach. But then again, it might be one of the most useful, crucial life skills you can develop, because we'll always be emotional beings, and keeping on top of our emotions is the key to happiness, success, and having healthy, meaningful relationships. God knows I'm always striving to be more emotionally intelligent with every year that passes. Emotional intelligence is the difference between flipping a table when you lose a board game to gracefully accepting loss and laughing about it. It's the difference between lamenting that the world is out to get you to being the agent of your own story and taking action instead of sulking. It's the difference between a sucky partner who's passive-aggressive, blaming, and selfish to someone who is understanding, empathetic, and generous with their kindness to everyone, including themselves. Emotional intelligence is awesome. So go on, start practicing and become a more emotionally intelligent you, and you'll be living a better life before you know it. I promise this isn't a self-help podcast, it just keeps sounding like it. Oh well, what can you do? Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Explain This. I hope you've learned something interesting and hopefully useful today. Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jin Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explainthiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.